Hello, hello, and welcome everybody. It's episode 24. I can hardly oh. believe it, actually. <laughs> um, how did we get to 24? It feels like just yesterday we started. But um, thank you for being here. It's so happy to be with my guest today, Tammy Leischer. Hi, and welcome. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Chantel, and thank you for having me. Yeah, Tammy, um, oh my gosh, I have so many things to say about Tammy. Tammy is a prolific creator. That's one of the things that really stands out for me um, about uh, about her. She is a Pilates teacher and studio owner of um, many, many years. She's been practicing and teaching Pilates. Well, she's been teaching Pilates for 15 years solidly. We're going to let her tell you more about her journey and her work before Pilates um, because it's really relevant to our topic today. We're going to be exploring um, an area of expertise that Tammy has in trauma and specifically her work to bring um, trauma-informed movement uh, strategies and protocols to um, Pilates teachers and yoga teachers and teachers of all kinds of movement. So happy to have you. You own a studio in Michigan. Is it cold? It's still? it's very like? yes, it is. <laughs> um, it's actually very gloomy outside today. Um, it's been raining, so yeah, it's you know it's spring though. I mean, it's car it's approaching spring, so it's always cool, yeah. and the weather kind of vacillates back and forth between. Like it was probably close to fifty one day this week. So, but it's Ooh. it's just which is <laughs> which is warm for Michigan at this time. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, downright balmy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Tammy is also um, a curriculum designer way, way longer, way, way before she met Anne and I, um, and has been developing transformative and embodied curriculum with Anne and I for at least three years. She is a podcaster. She is, I, I'm going to just say you're an author. You've written many, many articles now that we've seen all over the place, both in print and in the online digital space. So just happy to have you excited about our conversation and to, I think one of the things I'm most excited about Tammy is um, sharing your story to give folks and listeners a, a perspective of how embodiment can can come into your work and into your life in so many different ways. And then also as a nervous system integration facilitator in training <laughs> um, with, with us, we've had some really rich conversations around how the nervous system has impacted you personally. And we're going to be exploring that beautiful dance between the impact that work makes on us personally and then how it impacts the work that we are creating and putting in the world. So lots of juicy stuff um, in the next 30 minutes or so, but we want to start with our what's in process, what's in progress. Um, so I'm going to invite you to to share a little bit with us, Tammy. So what's in, I guess I would say progress is a couple of things is um, I wrote the original um, curriculum for trauma-informed movement three years ago, and I decided that I needed to, what I'm going to just say, up the quality of um, the curriculum because I've learned so much in the last three years. So the first rendition of it was when I first started working with you guys, 
And since then, <clears throat> I've gained so many more like skills and quality things. And just looking at how I can improve the curriculum and learning. Um, I'm applying a lot of the UDL design, which is a part of what I've learned from you and Anne. Um, also, I took, um, we'll talk more about the, the, pro, the podcast, and I'm expanding on it. And we'll talk a little bit more about that at the, at the very end. But both of those are very much in progress for me. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And tell us about your, tell us briefly just about the podcast. Okay. What's it so the What's podcast it originally started on Instagram and I started getting like these little sparks of like, I need to go bigger with this. Like, right, like, right, like maybe November, December. And I decided then that I was going to take the podcast on Instagram or excuse me, onto like Spotify and other places. So the title of it is called Embracing Change, Talking Through Trauma. And I used to hold it weekly on Instagram and I had all kinds of guests on there and they were all probably 85% of them were all impacted by trauma and, and, and Pilates. And so there was, and it always revolved around movement and things like that. But I really wanted to, to soften or take the stigma away from talking about trauma because trauma impacts us in so many different ways. And so it's, it's really, now I've gotten even deeper into the podcast portion of it, and it's really looking at what are the areas within trauma, like in the, my curriculum, there's three pillars, and I'm emulating those in the work that I'm doing with the podcast. So I recently did a podcast with you, and it was all centering around the nervous system work, as is like, um, I, like I just hosted one about a week ago with Patty Abel, and Patty and I talked about the impact of feet, why feet care is so important. And she evolved into talking about if you've had trauma to your feet. I mean, it was just a beautiful conversation. But mm -hmm. I actually have up-leveled and I've actually been in contact with um, a gentleman who's local to me, but he is going to be helping me, what I'm just going to say, up-level my, my podcast. But I want to learn from the inside too. I want I really have a very, very deep um, understanding of wanting to learn more about that part of it. So I'm really excited about working with him and seeing what, what it's going to bring in the next few weeks. So, but I've had so um, exciting. seven episodes so far. You've had many more episodes than just the seven. Yes. Prior oh, to I bringing mean, it I onto Spotify. Play, I mean, the, on Instagram live, or uh, yeah, on Instagram live, I held them. I probably had 50 of them. Lots. Yeah. Lots yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Well, as I said, Tammy is a prolific creator. And as you can probably tell, just driven by this deep curiosity. Yeah. And I would definitely call you a seeker um, of knowledge, which is something I've always really appreciated about you and has made our work together so enjoyable. So, what's in process and progress for me? I just so many things I was having a hard time. I mean, I think I say this maybe every episode. Um, uh, what's standing out to me right now is a really cool process that Ann and I are in to um, 
rebrand our business. And so we've been talking a lot about a new business name. And of course, you can't just pull something out of the hat, right? You've got to like go back to the guts of why you do what you do and and what you imagine, um, you know, your business looking like in, in two years and five years and 10 years and, and try to try to like figure out how you will meet the needs of, of a growing and changing world um, through the work that you do. So that's been a little tiny bit stressful <laughs> and also really exhilarating and very thought provoking. And I'm, I'm excited because it, it really is an opportunity for us to bring into greater alignment the work that we have been doing for years together um, the, the, you know, essence of the podcast and then the work that we are emerging into and growing into as, as, um, coaches of leaders using brain-based coaching and, um, the nervous system behavior change work. So that's really been, um, on my mind and Anne and I have been in deep discussion about that and it's very exciting and hopefully we'll be bringing that process to a close here pretty soon. <laughs> Um, and in launching our new our new brand. So Tammy, I would love for listeners to know a little bit um, to give them some context uh, to know a little bit about what you did before you transitioned into becoming a, a movement educator. So tell us a little bit about your work before Pilates. Okay, so I'm going to try and give you the condensed <laughs> the condensed version. So for <laughs> More than 25 years, I worked um, in a nonprofit agency and I worked with families and children that were directly impacted by trauma. And quite honestly, mm. that's where my, like, that's where the essence of my work began. And during that time, I also taught yoga and I would do like little workshops for some of the, the mothers or the baby with their children. And I saw mm. how the trauma impacted their bodies through movement. Um, and it was, and it was on a variety of levels. It just wasn't the parents. It was also the children and their lack of development because of early exposure to trauma and the cognitive delays that I saw in the children. But during that, time also I taught college courses and I designed curriculum around um, early childhood education with an emphasis on the impact of trauma and so it not mm. only was I experiencing it firsthand in my job but I also was teaching it um, at the college level and during that time also like I took training courses because I also was a train the trainer for teachers and educators and along those kinds of things. And it was during that time that I said to one of my friends, I said, someday, someday. So this has been in process for a long time. Someday I'm going to connect mm -hmm. movement and trauma. I had no clue how I was going to mm. do it. It was just a thought. And then I kind of fast forward and right, be, right at the very beginning of uh, 2020, and this was in plan for a long time, like six months before it actually happened. I decided that I was going to leave my full-time job to pursue Pilates. And at that point, trauma-informed movement was still like 
you know, it was still sitting on the back burner. I had no idea what I was going to do. Then um, mm -hmm. February 2020, I left my job. And then three weeks later, you know, I had this. I, or let me just also say that I had a studio. Um, I opened a studio in 2017. So I've had the studio along with working full time. So I was doing the two of them together. No. Um, and I was solo, never hired anybody to work with me. And so then COVID hit and March 2020, I had to close. And that that was the beginning of my experience. Deep knowledge and understanding of technology began because I was always really very, um, I didn't want to be in front of the camera. And that was where it really mm -hmm. began. And so it's just, and then, you know, I evolved with, you know, I found you and I found Anne. <laughs> And that's where I began my my journey with the two of you guys, where where it was helping me bring to life the trauma informed movement, which is exactly like like that's exactly what had happened. And it was like the first version of it was trauma informed um, movement, but it was for parents and children. And then you said to me, "Well, have you thought about the adults?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I have." <laughs> and that's just kind of how it, it's just. It's grown like a slow snowball just over time and all of the components that have gone into it. So I feel, So when you first I was oh, just I'm gonna sorry, say go I feel very driven to bring awareness um, and education. And that's I mean, I'm just that's just kind of like a, a nutshell when it comes to the impact of trauma. So yeah, so tell us a little bit about, give us the, you mentioned three pillars of your program, mm -hmm. Trauma-Informed Movement, and this is a concept that we teach based on something else that you mentioned called the Universal Design for Learning, and it, it, it informs our yes. curriculum design approach um, to a large degree, not entirely, but to a large degree. And so you have three pillars to your program, three fundamental kind of aspects. Talk to us a little bit about what is important about bringing this information to light for educators of movement. So the first one is really understanding like what is trauma and on a deeper level than reading or, or doing fast Googling on like <laughs> the internet, mm -hmm. finding out what is trauma all about. And it's exploring how trauma impacts not only us in this, I just want to make sure that I'm saying this because this, program is not to diagnose your trauma it is to stay within the scope mm -hmm. of our practice so it's to have an understanding mm -hmm. of how trauma impacts people how it impacts their overall body because it trauma embeds in our mm. every tissue every muscle in our body is impacted by trauma when um, we've experienced something so trauma is something that you know it's an event that occurred but it, we still have the trauma with inside of each one of us so then the next one would be, mm -hmm. and so it's looking at like those pieces of it. And then the middle section, I like to use um, how it impacts our health, how it impacts our, I mean, all aspects of our health, not just our physical health, but how does it, it, it impact you physically, mentally, and emotionally and spiritually. Mm -hmm. And really thinking mm -hmm. about, there's two words that I really like, and that's health and vitality. And how does 
um, the lack of addressing or seeing clients come to us and realizing how it's really impacted their movement. And then the third piece of it kind of has evolved over the last um, year and a half. And that was I actually wrote um, an approach and it's called Trauma Impacts Movement Approach, which looks at the importance of being trauma informed, number one, but it's taking it deeper than just trauma informed care. So, and I wrote a model with it and it looks at like the individual and, and where, and like working with the whole person and it's not just, it's, and we're not there to diagnose. You're just, just there to observe how the trauma has impacted the body. And one of the key things that I'm gonna say that is really a cornerstone of that is the nervous system and how it impacts our nervous system and how it all interconnects. There's not one of our systems are not impacted by the trauma. Everything is all interrelated. Yeah. So, yeah, beautiful. So I, I hear you saying these words and like connection and interconnected and, um, uh, whole person and and how trauma is stored in our cells. It's stored emotionally. It doesn't. It's an event, but then it has these yes. ongoing repercussions and impact on all of our systems. Given how we have um, explored the concept of embodiment as as a as the experience of awareness of our entire yes. selves biopsychosocial spiritual you're speaking directly yeah. to this so it would it be fair to say that you are your focus is on movement because that's the field you're in and you're very clear and good about keeping it you know within the scope of practice of a movement educator but would you say that your trauma-informed movement approach is really a, a gateway to a to a full, fuller, more embodied oh, perspective of yes. trauma. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and then how do you how do, give us some examples of how you see what are you teaching teachers to become aware of and observe? Like how does trauma express itself? Trauma can express itself in a lot of different ways, but from a movement perspective, you might see, um, or even on an intake, you might see um, people that have had, I'm going to just use a couple of examples, that have had a lot of health problems. Autoimmune disorders are directly tied back to trauma events, um, but they can impact our body in a lot of different ways. Um, it, like trauma can store itself in the hips, it can store itself in our neck and our shoulders. And I think that when we move beyond like just saying, Oh, I have I have tension in my neck, but you begin to explore the layers within your body mm. that are you might not even be aware of them, and that's where like when I when I have privates in my home in my studio, um, I never introduce myself. Hi, I'm Timmy. I'm a trauma informed movement educator, and usually within the first use uh, first second or session, they're telling me about things that have occurred to their body. For example, um, brand new client, she's not even 30 years old and she's had two back surgeries and then she started talking about, and we talked about fear of movement. We talked about 
overcompensating on one side of her body, which creates more muscular. But that in itself, the trauma, it's it's not about um, it, it's it's not about what's also embedded in there. There's other words that I like to use, which because a lot of times people become so disconnected with their body, it's allowing them the creativity to reconnect with their body through awareness, through mm. voice, saying that doesn't feel good, or choice. So offering them more layers of movement that would be fitting for their body. And so I teach it, that's, I mean, I feel that I teach it, I'm still teaching from Pilates perspective, but I'm teaching it on a broader level and giving them options to what feels best in their body. Yeah, beautiful. I love this idea of voice and choice as a very powerful tool for movement educators, um, but that is explicitly and intentionally linked to uh, um, addressing the trauma response as you see it manifesting. So let's talk about that briefly because you mentioned two things. So when you talked about uh, hip surgeries, so the trauma in that case, uh, at least one layer of it, is the invasiveness of actual yes. surgery, right? But because that's not just physically invasive, that's mentally, emotionally invasive, right? So, so then you're looking at how the hips are now recovering and how, dare I say, the nervous system is Correct. responding to movement and yes. sensation in the hips given Correct. the trauma. What, what the else other would you piece say that I think that? is really important, and I just is, is sometimes there can also be medical trauma with the lack of mm. either trust or not trusting of the doctors. Um, some people receive physical therapy and other people don't. What you know? What is the difference in regards to those kinds of things and how it affects their their new? Because you essentially, when you've had a hip replacement, let alone two. Your whole body is going through repatterning and learning how to move in a functional, optimal way again. Um, so, mm-hmm. but the other layer that I think is that we don't talk about from a whether it's hip or another kind of surgery is it does impact us on an emotion, very deeper on an emotional level that we sometimes. Don't eat. I mean, as, as movement educators, I think we, we're aware of it, but it's a trauma when you're cutting into your body <laughs> and you're moving all kinds mm-hmm. of things as well. So um, I don't know if I answered that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think just um, so let's draw a clear connection. So you as a trauma informed specialist, the creator of this, you know, educational model, you are aware uh, if we're just going to kind of brief recap that the movement patterns that you're seeing are not just uh, musculoskeletal, no. right? They're not just physical. They are an expression of um, lots of layers of trauma, um, both you're speaking to emotional trauma, psychological trauma, which then impacts the way the nervous system is responding. I'm safe. Correct. I'm not safe. And we know we know that then the body and all the systems are responding mm-hmm. to, you know, whether or not I'm feeling like I, I'm, I'm now having to go into fight or flight in order to protect 
and I can't stay, I can't stay relaxed or calm or open and safe. Right. So, so when you're looking at movement patterns, you're observing them from the, a, a multiple or dynamic Correct. perspective, this whole person or yes. embodied perspective. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And then you mentioned too, uh, the, well, something that's very, very common that we see a lot, if not in a hundred percent of our um, student base as movement educators, which is tension oh, in the man. neck and shoulder area. And I want to, I want to kind of tease out the importance of that particular area. Uh, I remember, you know, when I was teaching a lot, people would come in and say, you know, my neck and shoulders are tight. And I would say, yes, you know, that's very common. I mean, almost every person. And what I would try to explore with them is that the neck tension and shoulder tension is really a fight yeah, or flight response exactly. in the body, right? Shrugging the shoulders, not, not to mention, you know, sitting a lot, of course, the, the habits of our, our modern age, but, um, it's also a, 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 a reactivity, right? To not feeling safe in our environments or feeling another way of thinking about that or saying that is we feel overwhelmed, we feel stressed, right? We're, we're like in this kind of dysregulated state. So neck and shoulders get tight. They get, you know, kind of dysfunctional in the way that they move. But the, but the really interesting thing about that piece for me is that as we protect, right, that's one of our primary, just think about the fetal position, right? When you're protecting, you yeah. go into fetal position, we have neck and shoulder tension. We have psoas tension, right? Deep hip flexor <laughs> tension. And in the neck, well, guess what nerve runs down the neck from the base of the brain? The vagus nerve, <laughs> right? And so um, really interesting um, response to feeling unsafe in the neck and shoulders. And then lo and behold, you know, we're really promoting kind of even more lack of safety, or at least, a, a, a what would I call it? Like a, a, um, a strained nervous system when the neck and shoulders are tight. What do you, what are some of the things that you teach people to do around areas of the body? Like what, what's one of the, what's one of the strategies you might teach a teacher? I like to start with, um, just a lot of like with, with breathe, like just breathing your normal breath pattern to start with and tapping into some things that might make them feel good or recognizing areas within their body that is tight and tense. Um, but I really like um, starting with feet grounded and I think that's really important. So if they're sitting in a chair or they're sitting, um, but maybe moving into, and I really like to, when I, when I teach nervous system work, I really like to begin to with an, an observation of the students. And so if they tell me beforehand that they're tight and tense through here, I might start with um, just even just tipping their head gently side to side to just move in and see what side of their neck is tighter than the other. Um, and then maybe begin by warming their hands and rubbing the palms of their hands together and creating a little bit of heat and or energy. And mm -hmm. I personally like the scalene um, it, and it's just the drag and pull and it's a little bit deeper, but going deep into the muscle tissue and turning your head in the opposite direction 
and then so you're working your way up to the occiput and maybe even just bending your head and releasing it but using the forefingers and massaging the base of the skull first but it's also starting to stimulate that vagus nerve at the base of the skull and staying there even for like I don't know I'm <laughs> just for the purpose of this just I would say until they begin to feel a little bit, bit of um, relaxation within their face I might also have them move their hands to their face and massage like their scalp with the hands over their eyes which is going to um, take out the visual stimulation for them but moving through the face because mm. so many nerve endings are connected in our face and when I look at the eyes to me they're the windows of the souls because everything that we take in in the, in, a, in essence when the social context which is what's going to tell us if we're feeling safe or not and you know mm. so oftentimes we think we're safe but when in reality we, where our body is telling us something else differently we're, from the tension that That's we're holding right. in our, our neck in our head um, and also in our breath because most people like especially if there's a lot of tenseness they're only breathing with the upper third portion of their lungs so but mm, but that mm -hmm, but starting mm -hmm. with just some neck massage um, and, and really maybe some side bending and so if they're if their arms and again this is you know if they're if their neck to elevate their arm over their head if it doesn't feel good just gently go side to side and maybe begin to open, you know, with an arm, like in a hand. It really, I think it's so individualized that I, when I work with clients, I try to pause for a second and connect with them on a, just like you and I are doing right now, where we're connecting and like just reading their body language with me. So I might start a session because I do a lot of them virtually on camera but allow them to have um, the ability to not work with me on camera because it gives them more freedom to explore their body and I'm not I mean I can mm. offer suggestions and that's all that it is to help them with the movement and this I'm staying mm. when I'm talking about the movement that I'm doing right now that I'm just talking with right now is more based in just specifically nervous system um, if I add in Pilates you know, there might be other things that I would do, like um, on the on the trap table, for example. Start them with their head and their neck down. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's, to me, it's endless when we start looking at the nervous system and how to stimulate, like, the vagus nerve and how much is just so, it's just so critically important. And I think that that's why I am beyond excited to continue my journey with, the nervous system facilitation work because it opens so many doors and so much more awareness around how it impacts our body physically, physiologically. It it's it makes me take a deep breath. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well said, well said. So I I I want to just lift up a couple of things that you have been talking about. One is just a, a real clear dedication to awareness um, for a student that is different than simply being aware of one's body, which is difficult for a lot of folks just to enter into presence with their body sensations, you know, their muscle sensations or joint. But you're talking about really like 
offering them an opportunity of choice um, and to listen to their body and to really honor their ability to know what their body needs and, and to trust it. So you're talking about facilitating awareness on a much deeper level. Um, you're talking about some very strategic movement and self-massage uh, strategies that will um, create a down-regulation yeah. in the nervous system, which basically means bringing us back toward a sense of feeling safe in our bodies and um, and also stimulating the vagus nerve in a really healthy way, just like we would you know, tone a muscle, we can tone the vagus nerve. And then this idea of, of, of listening and choosing so that the student feels like they are advocates of themselves, they feel empowered, and you're giving them this entry point to reclaiming power that maybe they have, have lost because yes. of trauma. Yes. And to think that we can do all of this simply by learning and applying embodied yes. strategies. You know, they don't have to be fancy. Everything that you've shared so far is really super simple. You don't have to be a Pilates teacher. I just really want to lift up how accessible bringing embodied strategies to our healing practices, our coaching practices, our mentoring and teaching and educating practices, our curriculum can, can be. It's really... <clears throat> Excuse me. It's really, to me, when I look at people that come to us who've been affected by trauma, trust is so hard for so many of them to unlock because maybe for starters, they've not trusted their own selves for many, many years. And then for them to walk in and, you know, they've never met me. And I'm just going to use me as an example. They've never met me, but yet now they're either coming to me for Pilates and I'm, and I don't, I don't want to use the word trust, but it's like, you know, they're laying down on the reformer or whatever they're doing with me and trust sometimes is very, very difficult. So when I said voice agency and choice, those are all things that mm. for some people who've gone through trauma, it can take them many sessions, be able to get to the point where they are beginning to trust you, to trust their relationship, but to but essentially to trust them, to feel safe within their own body mm -hmm. when it comes to movement. Yeah, and you mentioned something uh, earlier that I forgot to add to my list, which is connection. Oh. You said, you know, you're, one of your priorities is to just yes. connect. Like the agenda is to not get them you know, unpacking their trauma. Certainly it's not uh, to get them to be doing fancy movement. One of the priorities is to connect. And when you connect with another person in a simple, safe way, we, we talked about that from the nervous system perspective as co-regulation. And when we can establish, establish a healthy co-regulation experience, and bring to the surface what you and I were speaking of not too long ago, maybe earlier in this week, is this positive emotional yes. reciprocity that then can happen. The beautiful thing about the nervous system through at least the lens of the polyvagal theory is that co-regulation supports self-regulation. And, and that I think just reinforces what you just said, which is when we can connect with our students and our clients and our mentees in a way that is simple, simple 
and um, easeful and positive, they are more likely then to be able to self-regulate whatever trauma-based, um, you know, experiences they might be having outside of, you know, in their, in their day-to-day lives and in their moment-to-moment lives. So really, really powerful work. I know we're coming to the end of our time, Tammy, but I wanted to um, also just take a moment to explore, ask you this question of, you have been learning the nervous system work with us for many years now. And as of January, um, you stepped into a much more significant commitment to becoming a nervous system facilitator. And I'm, we were talking recently about three areas of change that you have been experiencing. And I want to name those changes and then ask you a question. May I do that? Yes. Does that sound? Okay. So we, we have been talking about the impact of, of this nervous system work to bring health and resilience and awareness to our nervous system states as making an impact on your ability to be vulnerable, (laughs) your ability to make Mm -hmm. decisions and your ability to, to um, create and adhere to boundaries, to set boundaries. So tell us a little bit um, as we close our conversation here about how doing the work for yourself has informed your creation process. Um, I would say that um, I really, for whatever reason, November really has stuck out for me. And that's where there was a lot of decisions that I started with that were myself, but was also co- um, was also decisions of things that I made within the business, like the, like expanding and doing deeper work in the trauma-informed movement. Um, I chose very, very, very quickly to move my studio on a very, very short amount of time. It was a very short amount of time. But change Mm -hmm. for me has been an awareness that's not always been there within myself. I mean, it's been there. I think I had to, I had to pull it out. (laughs) So the vulnerability behind change, um, becoming much more vocal Mm -hmm. when it comes to my program, my podcast and even some of the like some of the uh just just the awareness around um my trauma-informed movement work and just taking a a different approach and a more bold stance which is not like i've I've not always done that so the vulnerability Mm -hmm. to me in the beginning and i'm just going to very short just very briefly compare back like to see what i'm doing now Compared to when you said to me in the very beginning of our time together, well, you have to make a video and talk about yourself. And I did it inside of a closed <laughs> I sound like such a well, bully. No, it wasn't, but that was the beginning of me, like, starting to, like, like I'm just going to say take off that, that layer that, you know, that I needed to, like, it was almost like I held, or I, I hid behind the shield or whatever you want to call it, but it's really mm-hmm. finding my voice. So again, it goes back to that. All of those things that I said about the voice agency and choice, I've applied those to myself as well um, through change. Mm-hmm. And it's been through the work of the nervous system 
and having strategies that if I'm going to take a stance or a step that I can, you know, if I feel like just a little overwhelmed or something along those lines, I might use some of the, the strategies and the techniques that I like um, that help calm my nervous mm -hmm. system. So I think that vulnerability is definitely something that um, the nervous system has helped me gain definitely a courage. I don't, I don't even like to use the word courage, but I guess I would say, Oh, I think yeah, it's such courage, a good word. Yeah. Because, you know, and I'm just going to say this for anybody who is contemplating working with Anna Chantel, you know, sometimes stepping into a different arena takes courage and to Absolutely. feel safe within that container is something that I have felt 110% with everything that I've done with mm. Anna Chantel. Um, so let's see, you asked me about how it's impacted my business. Um, I would say too, that I also am working with you and Anne in what's your, what's embodied business and that in, for what, and I've only mm -hmm. had one session with you guys with that, but that was so powerful for me. And again, it was nervous system based and it was just a lot of decisions about yes. things that I'm going to use your word percolating. So in <laughs> part of my, a part of that, um, that, that, that program and that, well, I would, I'm just going to say part of my goal. I don't like to use the word goals, but part of my, you know, thinking about growth <laughs> within my program is the podcast. And I had no idea what it was going to look like. I didn't really know. And so now it's taking on its own life. And it's like going with the flow. And before, mm. I would have had to have had, like, this is what it needs to look like. And, you know, very, and I've been able to, like, let things out and watch them evolve and grow beyond my wildest dreams. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, I was just thinking, oh, so let's, um, thank you for that. I want to make sure people know how to connect with you. I want to spend the next two minutes doing some gratuitous oh, yes. sharing. Thank you for your gracious um, comments about working with Anne and I. Uh, I will um, greedily take that opportunity to share with folks that April 21st, we are offering our second um, embodied business mastermind and coaching day-long intensive. Um, and we're talking about the yes. art of delegation and all of this work. We do one mastermind workshop a quarter for the entirety of 2023. And you can jump in now. You do not have to have attended the first one. You don't have to attend this, the third one or fourth one, but they are powerful. And if this work is stimulating your curiosity and your energy and you would like to join us, we will make sure that you have a link in the show notes to um, investigate that opportunity. Again, it's April 21st. Tammy will be there. Oh, yeah. You'll get to meet a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tammy, um, tell everybody how they can connect with you. Um, how can they find the podcast? And then if they want to connect with you personally okay. or learn more about you. So work, the podcast is that? called Embracing Change, Talking Through Trauma. It's on Spotify, iHeart Radio, Anchor FM, and Apple Podcasts. iTunes, I, iTunes yeah. yeah, probably, um, yeah, Apple Podcasts. So yeah. it's Embracing mm -hmm. Change, Talking Through Trauma. I would love, love, I actually just, and I know this sounds minimal, but 
No, I'm not going to say that. So I have yeah, I do. Come on now. Subscribing so far, so I'm really nice. <laughs> and that's, that's a thing to me. Good job. And I got like this big thing from Spotify saying that you know that that I did. But anyways, I would love for you to listen. Most of them, I'm really trying to keep the conversations very real, meaning some of the conversations that we may have are going to be a little. Um, they're, they're topics that are that are hard to talk about, but I really feel like yeah we have to begin to embrace talking about hard things, and that's again it goes back to the trauma because everybody that we've talked about. So, anyways, they can find it there. To find me personally, <laughs> they can find me at um, Studio T Pilates MI on Instagram. I am also, I also have a personal page and I don't mind if you look, I'm just saying, it's Tammy Leischer, um, both on Instagram and then I'm also on Facebook. I do have um, a Facebook page called Trauma Informed Movement. So, um, and then you can also reach me at Studio T, P-I-L 595 at gmail.com. Okay, yeah. well, we'll make sure all of that information gets yes. put in the show notes so people can just um, grab it, scoop it up, follow you on Instagram, listen to the podcast, subscribe, yeah. and do all of the so, awesome things Chantel, to support I just your say amazing thank you work. Thank you so much for inviting me today. Um, I just, I, I, can't, I can't say enough about like encouraging people to. Follow. Yeah, like just look into your work is all I'm going to say. Just look into, like, oh, you've got a lot of stuff out there right now, a lot of good stuff out there. So, but again, thank well, you. Well, thank you, so, Tammy. Yeah. yeah, wonderful to have a conversation yeah. with you this morning. And I just am so honored, as always, to be on this journey with you. And thank you. thanks, everybody, for listening. And yeah, we'll thanks. see you next time. Well, as always, we'd like to say a big thank you for your time and attention. We know how precious it is. We love hanging out with you and serving this amazing community of inspired leaders and educators who desire to make a bigger impact and bring their whole selves to this awesome party. We hope you are leaving feeling a little inspired, refreshed, maybe even excited, and a little bit giddy. The absolute sweetest and most powerful thing you can do to support this not-for-profit, minimally sponsored podcast is to tell us how much you love us, and there are a couple of ways you can do that. You can leave us your comments and reviews on iTunes or YouTube, both are better, and if you didn't know we have a YouTube channel, now you do, or by sending us the occasional love letter to embodiedbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, we hope you'll keep asking, how do I want my business and my life to feel?